Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, where we teach you the methods and technologies for driving growth. As you know, all you loyal listeners, I've been inviting uh, people in my network that I have worked with over the past 13 years uh, in my role at DemandGen, uh, bringing you mostly marketing leaders, chief marketing officers, heads of marketing, heads of marketing operations. And today is no different. I am joined by Alicia Tillman. If you don't know Alicia, uh, Alicia is the global CMO for SAP, one of the largest software companies in the world. And it's really an honor to have her and I back together again because it's been several years when Alicia and our teams did some work together is when she was vice president of marketing and business services at American Express. And again, if you're not following Alicia, she was honored last year with the Forbes 2019 top 50 of the world's most influential CMOs. And without further ado, Alicia, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me today. It's an honor. It, it is because I'm excited for our conversation. Um, Alicia and I were just saying right before the podcast kicked off that I think, I think you guys would say a little bit of my brand is around the geek side of marketing technology and systems. And even though every marketing officer uh, of any size company needs the responsibility in both technology for driving growth as well as brand and content and customer experience. Today, Alicia and I are gonna really focus on her passion uh, for the last couple of years, which is on the brand. And I'd like to start, Alicia, with kind of the why behind that. Like you, you had this initiative around establishing a brand purpose, and that may be new for a lot of people. So if you could give us the backstory and, and anything relevant that you wanna share that, that led up to this initiative. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, Brands that are leaders are those that are solidly rooted in purpose. And what I mean by that is they truly understand and have an ability to communicate well their purpose in the world. Um, you know, every company was founded with a belief or a vision of doing something new or doing something differently that would ultimately help the world become a better place. And you know, through the years, depending on how long your company's been in existence, that purpose can sometimes be lost, change in leadership, change in structure, acquisition, merger. But the reality is, is every company does have a purpose. And, you know, the purpose doesn't necessarily mean, mean that, you know, it is a, um, you know, has to be something about changing the environment or, or things that often feel like it's a corporate social responsibility initiative. It's really about understanding who you are, what your values are, and how that translates into what you're delivering to your customers every single day. And how do you stay true to that? And so when I became the CMO of SAP a little over three years ago, I did um, what a lot of new leaders don't do when they first take a role, which is I actually looked backwards. At the time, um, SAP was a 45-year-old brand that was founded by five leaders who believed that they could build 
technology that would allow them to run their operations better than what anything was being offered on in the marketplace at, in that time. And they had this belief that if your companies are running at their best, then you have an ability to help the world become a better place because you're achieving all of your aspirations and operationally you're running quite sound. And so I, I looked backwards because it was a little unclear to me when I took the role truly what our purpose was. It wasn't consistently being talked about. It wasn't necessarily showing up consistently in how we innovated and nor were we talking about it consistently in terms of the value that we deliver to our customers. So I spent a lot of time looking back on how and why we were founded and we wrote the first ever brand narrative for the company that began to serve as the anchor for how we tell the story of SAP and how we tell both that authentic story, that story of value and that story that is rooted in purpose and Today, you know, it is something that's used by every group, um, whether they're standing on an event stage or they're writing a piece of sales collateral to attract a, a new customer, talking about our purpose and why we exist and how that manifests itself at an innovation level is something that we do. And I think that we do quite consistently today since we took the lead in, in writing this brand narrative a few years ago. When you took this initiative on, let's face it, a lot of a lot of marketers, a lot of CFOs, uh, the relationship, the dynamic between them, right? You you come in as the new CMO and you want to work on a brand initiative. And CMOs like marketing jobs generate revenue, drive revenue. Come on, where are the leads? Where are the leads? Where are the leads? And you want to take an important strategic step back uh, and do that. Did you meet any resistance? Question, was everybody like, yay, let's do this? To give you other context, I just was driving through Carmel Valley and I saw the Staples logo off a of Staples building. And I like the Staples logo. And it's that little bent L that's really a clever logo. But I recently learned, I think it was about a year ago, that they've completely rebranded and have a new logo and are rolling that out across the world. And I was thinking about, God, what's that going to cost to have mm -hmm. every single building with a new Staples logo? Now, I'm not saying the logo is necessarily anywhere tied to what this initiative is around brand purpose. But when we work in marketing, on things that maybe aren't directly connected to driving revenue. I'm curious how that was met with the leadership team uh, of such a large and public company. Oh, I, I was met with, with every piece of feedback you could imagine. Everything from, oh, how typical a new CMO, first thing she wants to do is change the brand, change our story, you know, to thank you for putting attention in the company to where it should be, which is around our values and our existence to others saying, how does a purpose story help me sell software? You know, what's the correlation between the two? Um, and so I, and I will say, thankfully was hit with all of the feedback because I often find the most cynical feedback to be, that of which will enable me to create something fantastic. Because, you know, when people don't care, they don't say anything. When they do care, they'll tell you precisely what's on their mind, even if it may seem counter to what you're trying to do. And in fact, I actually love the feedback that that perhaps seems more cynical in nature because it helps me refine what I'm working on to a point that it can actually appeal 
um, and change around the mindset. Um, I, you know, I often spend a lot of time focusing on outside in perspectives and research and data and purpose has certainly been, been one of those strategic areas of companies that has often been hit with that question of, well, what does this have to do with the revenue of the business? And luckily, you know, with each passing day, there's more and more research that shows that the most profitable companies are the ones that are most often rooted with a really strong purpose. Um, it's, off, it's also often the largest driver of employee satisfaction, employee retention, and also employee acquisition. Employees want to work for companies that have a voice, they stand for something, and they put their resources to good. Uh, and the same holds true for consumers, especially during this pandemic that we're living through today. Consumers are more likely, once we come out of this pandemic, to purchase from brands that um, focused on social good during this period versus those that have not. And so it's really tough to argue with the research. And as I said, it's growing quite exponentially by the day to really show a very strong correlation between company profitability, uh, employee success, um, and that of companies that are rooted in purpose. And so, you know, it was a it was a it, an interesting period. It was a worthwhile one, and I was fortunate to be met with, I think, every piece of good, bad, ugly, or indifferent piece of feedback to be able to allow us to get this right mm -hmm. um, and make sure that it it did resonate with any type of persona in terms of, of who, would, uh, who would be felt by it. It's a bold undertaking. And uh, from watching SAP from the side, uh, you know, growing up here in Silicon Valley and, and seeing all the offices and, you know, it's, it's, Look, there's a reason that my kids, every single time they can go to Disneyland, it's the happiest place on earth to them. It lives mm -hmm. up to that brand. And, and there's a reason that they watched Mulan the day it was available on Apple TV because they love Disney's content and the experience that they get from doing that. And sometimes uh, it's, it's obvious in B2C, I think, like Patagonia and you know companies that really have a strong brand purpose you to do it in b2b especially in technology you don't often see that so kudos to you take us uh take us inside what was it take us behind the scenes what what was involved with the initiative and kind of frame it for us and and how things went along so we have at sap um over 50 different uh employee networks that are representative of um, you know, many different um, cultures and preferences. So, you know, we have the women at SAP Network. We have the Latino at SAP Network. We have the Black Employee Network. Um, the LBGTQ community has a network. So there's over 50 networks um, that focus on particular interests or you know, differing abilities or cultures or whatever it may be with across SAP. So when we embarked on this, the first and foremost thing that I wanted to do was take advantage of these groups. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes to the purpose of an organization, 
it's very important that diversity and inclusion as a practice is at the heart of the story that we wish to tell that is most representative of the value that you gain from being a partner or being associated with SAP. And to me, the best way to do that was to tap into these organizations who strive every day to have a voice and have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had representatives from each of these groups Um You know, and we commenced a three month long project that really worked to just answer, to ask and 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 seek thoughts on a variety of things. And we asked a lot of questions. You know, we put ourselves as a marketing team in the position as listeners, um, because we as a marketing team were not going to dictate, you know, what the purpose was of the company, but instead We really wanted our employee base to tell us what they believed the purpose and the value of SAP to be based on the position that they sat in in the company and hearing it from all of these different communities. And so we asked them, you know, tell us about the company and and what do you do every day? What's your focus as it relates to the customer? And after we spent all this time gathering all of this feedback, we actually scripted a narrative around what we heard. And then I took it to, you know, both our executive board and our supervisory board of which one of our five founders of our company is the chairman of the SAP board. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had an, an opportunity to talk with him about the narrative. And I remember him saying to me, and this was during my early days of, of my tenure here, uh, as the CMO. And he said, Um, And we had countless examples, you know, and that was one of the things that we did because we not only created an internal narrative, but we also created, um, you know, an external facing message. And the way in which we did it very consciously was to not sort of go out there and say, here's here's SAP, here's who we here's what we stand for. But rather, how does that narrative, how did it actually translate into value that we were bringing at a customer level? And so we showcased customers in this external campaign. um, And that's what I presented to the board to show how is SAP and SAP's technology helping to create change in the economy and society and the environment, you know, and, and, and in the world at large. And we picked companies from all over the world that are using SAP technology to do some really great things. And, you know, one of the the greatest moments for me was when, you know, our founder Hasso Plotner had said, wow, Like, so these, this is really what's become of our purpose, you know, you know, helping India solve the clean water challenge that they have, you know, helping women entrepreneurs in Latin America that are often underserved and don't have access to capital, you know, working with SAP technology and banking institutions to get women the capital that they need to fulfill their dreams, you know, solve the poaching challenge that we have in South Africa of elephants and rhinos by placing SAP technology in South Africa to warn authorities when poachers are getting close to a lot of the wildlife that exists there. So just beautiful stories of really how technology can enable a lot of companies, a lot of SAP customers to help, you know, create some real change. So it was a very heartwarming moment. You know, I had one of our longtime board members who's been with the company for over 25 years say, that this was one of the most special presentations that he's ever been part of because we really talked about the heart and soul of the company 
And at the end of the day, yes, we've got to deliver great products that help our customers solve their everyday challenges. But isn't isn't this really what enables you to create customers for life and really differentiate, you know, sort of that transactional relationship that you often have with customers to that of which is very emotional, you know, and tied to truly what we all as human beings strive for, which is to, to make or leave a difference in the world in some way. And the fact that our technology has the ability to do that and we get to be employees of that and helping customers fulfill those missions every day, it just makes it pretty special. And so, you know, those are the types of comments that we had, you know, outpouring of support from the employee community, you know, great reflection and a a difference in terms of how we told the story of value in the marketplace. So it was fun. Right. It was fun. It was in and heartwarming and very fulfilling certainly to be an employee, to be able to, to talk about your brand in that way. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to share with you because, you know, um, one side of the spectrum, we've got a company like SAP. And then on the other spectrum, there's companies like DemandGen, uh, small companies. Uh, and I'll share with you our mission and our purpose in a moment. And what I'd like to do is, is get your perspective on this initiative in terms of the impact that it's had. I mean, there's some worldly issues that you're describing, which is phenomenal impact. I'd love to hear in a moment about how the employees and your clients, um, if you have ways that you can quantify or just even qualitative feedback on on the, the benefit, because we all want to work really hard and do great things. And I think for you leading this initiative, um, certainly it's been nice for you to experience the impact. Um, so my my story is when I started the company, I needed a North Star. I needed to say, okay, what's my big, hairy, audacious goal, you know, to follow Jim Collins. And it it was actually very obvious to me, Alicia, what that would be. But I have to tell you quite candidly, and even over the years, we're now 13 plus years, I do question if it's still the right mission. And the mm-hmm. mission is to make marketing heroes. That's always been the mission from the beginning. If you say it, it's where you put the emphasis. So make marketing heroes is about making the department, your department, the function. Um, If you say make marketing heroes, it's about making the individual a hero. And if you even take a step further back, it's around the discipline of marketing. And so sometimes the team has challenged me, which I love, is Dave, is that still our mission? Like what we do as a company is spanning into marketing, of course, but also sales and customer success. So if we share our mission, are we offending anybody has actually been a question like making marketing here is what about them? What about these other departments uh, that we work with? And I say, look, and we explain to every new team member is marketing has been misunderstood and misrepresented all of these years, my entire career. From the the time I graduated school with a marketing degree and started working in advertising and doing brochures and being called the arts and crafts department, you know, I felt this discrimination from the the rest of the organization. And I'm like, the future, because I was very fortunate to start my career, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, when the web comes around and marketing can actually engage with customers 24-7, sell to customers, do everything. So I'm like, marketing one day will be the driver's seat for revenue, for company growth. And the CEO title, while there is a CEO, I believe that marketing will be the chief experience officer. So we're making marketing heroes because we're looking out and saying, until we've accomplished this, which is that big hair, you're never done. Um, That's our mission and purpose. So everything in our company, to your point, the way that we interact with clients, you remember Albert Way, of course, on your team. 
Um, and Albert and I worked together and our teams worked together when he was at, was at Amex. Well, I've, I've stayed current with Albert his entire career to make sure that as he transitions, he lands safely. If there's questions or advice that he has, that he comes to us around career opportunities. Um, we, we, we even talked about dating and he eventually got married. I can't say that that's, that's, that's within our scope of services, but you know, like there, there's nothing that you wouldn't do for a client if your mission is to make them a hero and feel that way. And it's really helped us. In a company of SAP's scale and size though, how is it impacting you guys? I mean, for us, it's, you wake up every day and you think, how can I make Alicia and her team more successful? Oh, their data shit? Well, we got to clean it up and deduplicate it so that the data can be turned into analytics to show that the revenue they're driving. Or they're getting a new system and they're scared and because they don't have the expertise, well, let's help them get that expertise and, and do it. So it it shows up in everything that we do, company of your size and magnitude, what's the impact of this initiative and, and how do you see it? So I think, first off, I love make marketing heroes. Um you know, first and foremost, it's personal and everybody takes their jobs personally, right? We spend so much of our lives at our jobs. We invest our heart and soul. We put a lot of hard work, a lot of thinking. There's stress, there's anxiety, there's reward, there's challenge. And there are always going to be good days and bad days. Um, whether or not you remember being in the field 20 years ago to today, you'll always feel the same. There is, I, I, when you were talking about it being often a misunderstood function, I think that that is very true. It was true 20 years ago. It's true today. And I think that there's always going to be a lot of variables and different dynamics and shifts that often call into question um, you know, what is that role of the marketer, the marketing organization? Um, I do think it evolves. I do think in, in, in some companies, it means different things. But at the end of the day, your focus on creating heroes out of the marketing organization based on how you do it is what I think creates that personal connection that whether or not you're in the the data and analytics or technology space to whether or not you're in a consumer packaged goods organization, I do think that there are still human beings that require that relevancy, that personal touch. I love your story about Albert, um, you know, and and how much you're able to shape the way he operates and the contribution he brings with what you can offer to him, that is absolutely, I think, how com one company separates itself from the other. Otherwise, we're all a bunch of transaction processors and there are far too many of them in the world. And if we're going to differentiate, isn't the best way to differentiate by the personalization and the true understanding and the pure connection of values that you share with one another, that's ultimately, as I said earlier, going to really create this notion of, of a customer for life. And I think that that's ultimately what it's all about. And, you know, I think you're doing that quite well. Oh, thanks. It's, it's always a learning process. And, um, you know, I used to get like separation anxiety. If, if a client ever 
stopped working with us. And, and, and what I mean by that was when you have a mission and a purpose, if, you know, this was earlier on in our, in our career history or our company history that you buy a marketing automation system and a CRM, and there was a certain set of services. And even though we've evolved greatly since then, right, there was a point where our customer experience maybe had hit a point of, okay, we've, we've checked all the boxes. We've done things. Yeah, we can go back and optimize these things and do that. But, uh, and then, and then we've realized over the years that we're playing the infinite game with our client, that the mission's ever done and the project's never done. Marketing never generates enough revenue or has enough qualified leads or has enough of a great customer experience. So it never ends. And, and we've evolved from that. I want to talk with you about people because you take this initiative and let's talk about the internal people, your team, you have over 2000 people in marketing and you build this culture and you show up as a leader uh, and foster a new culture where people really want to be at SAP. Really, people really want to be part of the marketing team. They want to work for you. And then COVID hits. And now something completely beyond your control for the most part is affecting our entire world. And let's face it, putting virtually every company at risk in their growth trajectory in some way. We have clients in hospitality and travel that have been dramatically impacted, massive layoffs. We're honored still to be working with them. Did you think about, wow, if I have to do a layoff, how do I set, how do I talk to these people? in such a way where I built this community and culture inside the company, but maybe impact their livelihood and make difficult career decisions. Did you have to go through that or think about that? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and every day, you know, throughout this pandemic, you know, there's not a moment that goes by where I don't think about the people or think about how we need to prioritize our focus, um, where we need to cut back um, on where we're investing, how we need to prioritize and think differently, how we need to shape our contribution, what that needs to, to look like differently, how quickly we need to evolve. You know, I think one of the, the biggest things that we have to all understand as leaders is sometimes there are people that feel that um, as a leader, you have to have all of the answers. Um, if I'm in charge of this team, when I stand up and I, I interact with my team, I need to be giving them answers to their questions. And, you know, often when you're, you're, you're younger and you're moving up the ranks and, you know, you're managing teams of people, that's what you think. I have to be the person in the room who's the smartest. I have to be the person in the room who has all the answers. Um, but over time, as you gain experience and you spend the time really listening to people. Um, having all of the answers is often not what people are expecting from you at all. What they're more expecting is um, that you have empathy for them. Mm -hmm. uh, I often refer to Brene Brown as someone that I think is, you know, incredibly thoughtful. Um, and in this particular example, she likes to talk about the difference between sympathy and empathy. And there are very core fundamental differences between the two. You know, and empathy is when you really spend the time to understand someone, the situation, um, and you don't necessarily offer them answers, but you're taking the time to understand what it is that they're going through so that they can feel that you are with them 
trying to learn, trying to understand, and pledging a commitment to go at it together. And so throughout the course of this pandemic, I mean, look, you know, the one word that we've heard spoken most often about this period is that it's unprecedented. And what does that mean? It means we've never been through this before. You know, we there is no playbook. Mm-hmm. Um, we're learning as we go. We're acting as we go. And um, since the beginning of March, um, I am someone who has often communicated to my team but I made a commitment that I was not going to let a week go by where I was not communicating in some form with all 2000 marketers on my team. And I have since upheld that and it's been six months in the making. And so every week I send a communication and my communication is not at, at, at about, Hey, I was hit with these five questions this week. Let me give you these five answers that relate to it. But I talk about everything from, the fears and the anxieties that I have about this period to, you know, the juggle in my own household at the time with two kids being homeschooled and, you know, my husband and I trying to juggle full-time jobs often at opposite ends of the house. Yeah. Um, you know, to fears of, of the virus and, you know, parents that are living away from us that have health conditions that are concerned and, and an inability to be close to them. I spent the time really focusing on how I could build this connection with my team where they truly understood and felt that I was in the same place that everybody else was. And it just went so far in the trust that is necessary during this period and the outpouring of support that I've personally had in hearing from people that would just send me a note to tell me (laughs) that they were having a bad day and they were sad because they haven't seen their kids or, you know, their son or daughter missed their prom or graduation or, or whatever it may be. So I found myself so much during this period, not talking about, you know, how to evolve our value proposition or how to position a new product, but more, you know, on this, this, this side of leadership that is all about empathy um, Mm -hmm. and understanding and care and compassion. And that's what I think um, has really been a defining moment to really sort of separate you know, I'll use the word transactional again, you know, transactional leaders. What are our goals? How are we going to go at them? And trust me, I mean, we had to pivot a lot. I had to extract millions of dollars out of our business. I had to shift people and reprioritize them all around the world. But I did that with a very, very strong balance of spending the time to just talk with people, see Mm -hmm. how they're feeling and where we can help and how can we adjust things so that they could feel that, they could take care of their households more like than they ever had to before while also still trying to balance delivering for our customers the way that we needed to. And look, it wasn't perfect. You know, it still is far from perfect. But I think the greatest thing during this period is about, you know, how much do you open up yourself as a leader so people can see you and your struggles and, you know, how much you care about them and how much you're willing to change and adapt to support them. That's what I think, you know, was, has really been, you know, the most important part of leadership during this period. Such great thoughts. It's interesting how, how we've all been going through this different ways, but together. And, and I wish we were able to have some of these 
conversations when things began because it was a very, very challenging time for all of us in leadership. You know, this is the only time in my career that I've been CEO. And while it's been over 13 years, every day still feels new, always feels yeah. like you're learning something. Um, through the COVID period, we had an employee uh, who passed away, not from COVID, but COVID related. Uh, he didn't go to the hospital for fear of catching the disease. And that that decision uh, probably cost him his life because um, he stayed home. And, you know, how do you address a team where a seven-year employee who everyone feels so connected to and cares so much about what words do you share in an all hands meeting that tries to, as you said, be share empathy for what they're feeling? Um, I have on my screen a uh, document that I wrote on March 20th. Well, I wrote it prior to that, but delivered it to the company on March 20th, which was the theme was we are being tested. And it was a little bit of the state of the union to the all hands for the all hands meeting about getting through this together. And I, I hope I lived up to those expectations that you just shared, Alicia, about you know being vulnerable and being authentic and really caring. Uh, I was most proud of Friday, just last week, kind of bookending this. So I, I did the talk about being tested and I, I ended that talk with um, some words from Maren Morris's song about the bones, about you know if the bones are good, the rest don't matter. And so on Friday, I share with them, you know, kind of took them back. I said, you remember on March 20th when I shared the following with you and I summarized some of the things. I said, well, um, our bones are really good and our team is really awesome. And I basically, for us, declared the end of COVID scare, not from a pandemic perspective, but we as a company were tested and we got through that period uh, and everybody came out okay, except, of course, for the loss of life and um, it was scary. You know, you didn't know you want it. You, you, one of the things I asked about Victoria on your team, I said, Hey, Victoria, I want to know a little bit about what you think of Alicia. And she's like, okay. And mm -hmm. I said, how does she show up to you? And the thing she said is she goes, she is the eternal optimist and has a very infectious, uh, positive energy. And I just want to share those words with you because whatever you're doing as a leader, all those things that you described from a company perspective, as well as all the outreach that you're doing to the team comes across giving them calm, giving them confidence, and not just as a leader of the organization, but you are also a woman and a mother and a wife and an individual. And you have figured out your career and still always learning and, and recognize as we all have, like, it helps not to be the smartest person in the room. That's, that's real growth. So just kudos to you. I, I, I haven't talked to a CMO lately that has the passion and purpose that you have around the company's purpose and culture. And one of the reasons I was so excited to, to do the program with you today. And next time you see Victoria, uh, hopefully now that her secrets are out of the bag, but, um, she just really, really, uh, delighted to work with you. And I'm sure she is not alone in that, in that experience. And I'm sure it's felt all the way out to your, your clients. Um, now one more question for you. Sure. It's, uh, it's approaching Q4 end of the year when we are recording this, uh, for us, as I share with you outside our window, it looks like Armageddon in California, the destruction from the fires has been crazy, let alone the, the pandemic and everything else that's happened this year. How do you celebrate the end of the year? Do you celebrate the end of the year? Where are you going to take your team 
and the culture and the brand so that we, we end this year on a high note with the lessons and experiences we've learned? So first off, you know, um, you know, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. And, you know, I appreciate the comments from, from Victoria. Um, you know, I think that this year has been a true test of so much of us as, as humans. And, you know, it is often said that it is during um, periods of crisis when we really realize what we are capable of. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know, have been, been around, been on the planet for long enough to know that this has been a year like none other when it comes to testing and opening up really what, I've seen of myself, but what I've also seen of, of so many others around me, be that, you know, my 100,000 colleagues at SAP to my husband, my son, and my daughter, um, you know, we have learned about each other and each other's capabilities. And for that, I'm very, very thankful for 2020. And, you know, it has come with, you know, certainly all the things that you've said, you know, we can all point to um, lives that were taken as a result of this virus um, or illness for long periods of time um, that have weakened us to job loss, to so much um, personal impact and, you know, those are the things that um, we can all and, and have, I think, worn us down on, on many levels, um, physically and mentally. But, you know, in, in the true spirit of, of the optimistic way that I always look at life, it is what is the other part of that, too? And it's often the strength that we've acquired because we have been able to you know, move through the emotions and the stages of, of sadness and anger and, and anxiety and, you know, lack of understanding. And we've channeled that more to, you know, what we've learned also about this period. And I think human resilience and new skills that we've been able to gain, things that we've learned and therefore strengthened about ourselves, um, things that 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 have perhaps been exposed by us that, you know, we've had to work harder at, mm-hmm. um, you know, are also things as well. And so I think above it all, I mean, I think like everybody else, you know, I personally am looking to, you know, days where we can get back into a little bit of a routine, even if it's a changed routine, you know, looking back to getting into something that feels a bit more normal but I think in that we're going to have a lot of ways in which we've improved ourselves. No yeah. question about it. And that's the piece, you know, when I celebrate this year and it will be a bit of a celebration, there's no question about it. Obviously highly balanced with, you know, all of the emotion and the sadness that came with this year as well. Um, but the celebration is, is what we've been able to overcome and what we've learned about each other and ourselves. Yeah. Closing thought for me, um, something you don't know about me, uh, 
I like video games, I always have. And, and I don't think everybody, not too many people know that I invented voice for video gaming online because I like video gaming that much. But my, my gamer tag is Starman925. The 925 is not real clever because that's just my, my area code. But Starman comes from the movie with Jeff Bridges a long time ago, which was a movie that I really liked. And he has this alien, uh, this guy you know from Alien Observer who tracks him down and he says to Jeff Bridges in his alien form, he says, have you been here to earth before? And he says, he says, yeah. And he says, why, why are you back? Why did you come here to this planet again? And he said something so profound that it became my, my gamer tag just stuck with me. He says, as, as a species, you function best when things are worse. And it stuck with me. And I think your point about 2020 really testing us all, and we have been tested in so many ways, as a society and as a planet. Um, I just know that in the beginning of the year, before this happened, people said, I hate my fricking commute. I wish I would exercise more. I wanna be with my kids more. I should eat healthier. And you got the gift to do all of that actually, if you wanted to, because your commute's gone. You can be around your kids and family as much as you want. You can exercise and use the time. And did we take advantage of all that? And when we get back on the freeway someday, are we going to go, I kind of miss being at home, kind of miss my 25 foot commute. So it's, a, it's, a, it's been a year of learnings in so many ways. Thank you so much for coming on the program and catching up. It's been way too long. I miss that whole experience with American Express Travel and uh, working with what became the Concur team, which is now part of your team. It's amazing how I remember those <laughs> meetings and you're like, who's your strategic partner? And like, oh, we're trying to form a partnership with Concur. And I'm like, well, I know those people really well. We do work for them. And then we, uh, we started uh, doing a lot of work for you guys. And lo and behold, Concur is part of SAP, the world's small, great team over there. Some award-winning work we did. Um, I'm gonna check back in with you at the end of the year and next year, Alicia. And I really appreciate your time. I know very busy time. Thank you so much for sharing about Thank you. Uh, the brand, brand purpose. Really, really great. And, um, Keep, keep holding those team huddles because I know from Victoria and the others makes a difference, really helps them with their emotional health. And we as leaders, I think that's the best thing that we can give our teams right now is that sense of security and, and reinforcement of our purpose and why we're all working so hard. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, so much is about connecting based on shared values and shared interests. And, you know, so happy to be able to, to be part of this with, with you today and and be able to share in our stories of, of leadership and, you know, how we're steering our companies out of, you know, what was uh, going to be looked back on as one of the most challenging, if not the most challenging moment in our lives. And to be able to have come out the other end and realized some great things that we were able to learn and do during this period, I think it's, you know, between yourself and, and me, you know, I think we can we can really see the silver lining that came out of this period for sure. So thanks for having me today. Absolutely. And for all of you listening in that, that feel inspired or want to just stay connected to Alicia, even after we hit the record button and turn it off, um, she's very active on, on LinkedIn. So look up Alicia Tillman, T-I-L-L-M-A-N, get her part of your network. Maybe you have a question or a challenge that you have that she can help you with you. She's very active. And I want to thank you for that too, Alicia, because I follow your posts and your inspiration. And uh, I love the banner on your LinkedIn, which I think is uh, 
once in a lifetime. I don't know if that was from a conference or something, but it's uh, definitely stuck with me. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode, would love to hear from you guys. Um, always like hearing that you are tuning into the program. And for those of you guys that have not discovered Demand Gen TV, uh, type that in, demandgen.tv, and check us out on YouTube. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll catch you later. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.